Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part four in our conversation. We hope you enjoy. Just really quick, some ways that you can step away. Because somebody listening, you're right, Austin, they may be like, what does that look like? I think for me, my, one of my biggest vulnerabilities is patience. I'm really, I struggle with being patient. I'm an impatient person most of the time. It's one of the, <laughs> it's one of the qualities I've I've always tried to work on and I think I've grown in it, but I'm not, I'm still many days, very, very, um, I struggle with patience. And so some of the things that I have to do to step away is, um, is write. Writing's really helped, which is something that in the last couple of years have really grown in that discipline. Like, so for example, if you feel chaotic inside, um, oftentimes we don't know exactly why we feel that way it, it, or it's very, just, hey, they said this, or they did that, or I, I want to do this, or I want that. But oftentimes, it's more complicated than that. And so, to write out the story that you're telling yourself, to write out the thoughts that are going on in your mind, just to write it out as detailed as you can, not, and not overthink it, but whatever thoughts come to mind, just write it out. And then to reread what you wrote, and, and that can be very clarifying and helpful, and it can also calm you down. Sometimes, I have to just go on a walk when I'm really stirred up because my impatience can very easily turn into anger and frustration. And so I, I've got to calm, I've literally got to calm my body down. And one of the ways I do that is just going on a walk. Um, I'll do yoga sometimes that really calms my body down because where I feel my anxiety and stress or just like, I'm going to react quickly and I'm not going to be self-controlled. It's, it's very bodily. I can feel it in my body. And then that impacts my mind. And so I've got to find, me personally, I have to find a way to slow my body down. So slowing down enough to write it out, right? Slowing down enough to go on a quick walk, slowing down enough to, to maybe do some yoga, which is usually more of an evening. If I'm stressed out in the evening, I might do some yoga. I might put on the Calm app, which I have a subscription to, and do like a 10-minute meditation. Again, these are things that slow. Again, like you said, Austin, it's not super long but it just slows down my body because when I am in a chaotic mode, I just want to respond really quick because again, impatience and anger are my two biggest enemies personally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I got to find a way to slow myself down. Yeah. And it's also finding the appropriate timing for those things. Cause what you listed, those are all really good things, but those are practices that we do in anticipation for conflict. Cause we have to have those things in place. Whereas if you're in the middle of a conflict with somebody face to face, you, it's usually not going to go well. If you're like, man, I, like if you're, if you're on a job site and your boss, you and your boss are having conflict, it, you really usually can't be like, I need to go on a walk. I'm mm. at work. Like your boss isn't going to be like, sure, take a 10 minute break. Cool. You know, I'm really upset at you, but yeah, you can go take a walk. And like, that's, that's probably not really going to happen. Like your boss wouldn't respond well to that. Um, so what these are for is for in those moments of conflict, you're able to have, like, you're able to recall those things or bring those things up. You're like, like, this is what is, you're able to clearly state what it is that's bothering you instead of pulling from all these things that are not in your control. And it's constantly reminding yourself, what is it that I can control? It's my response, and my response alone. What is the best way? If someone was in the situation that I cared for, what advice would I give them? What, what, what would I think they would say? What should I say? It's going all the way back to that. What do I want to do about this? 
not what do I think they're going to do? What does my friends think? What do my parents think? What do my kids think of this? As my, it's what do I want to do about this? Yeah. So in the moment, you're absolutely right. I mean, in the moment, um, I think we got to try to aim to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Um, but oftentimes, right, we'll leave those interactions and we will feel fire in our stomach or in our chest. And, and that's where I think, what do we do with that, right? And I think that's where it goes to maybe what we talked about just a minute ago. Like we have to do something to work that out. Yeah. On that one, I feel like there's two roads that people go on. When, that, when you feel that fire in your gut, like I know that me, mine is to just start talking and just saying things. Because my apology is often, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. That's not what I meant. The other side is when someone feels that fire in their gut to clink, shut down, steel trap, nothing's getting out. Yep. Yep. And neither are, are helpful. I don't, I can't remember, like, I, I am realizing more um, that I had a tendency of just not saying things because, because of my exaggerated talking on, in some situations, I just wouldn't say, the important things. I would just say all the frivolous surface things. I wouldn't say what I was really thinking. But what some people do, and what I'm very guilty of this too, is when there are moments of truth, when I just need to say what is true, I don't say it. So what we're saying in those conflicts, in those moments, you need to have the clarity to say, this is what's bothering not all the things from the past or like it's not shutting down and push pressing it down further and further because that's not going to help the same way as exploding at somebody isn't going to help either so what the practice of saying what needs to be said with truth and kindness in those moments it lets you say it more often so you're not pushing things down and then you're also not exploding so it's the consistency of that that's what's going to separate you because people almost like he says what he thinks with kindness because we, I know, like, I, there's, there's guys here in this who are like, well, I say the truth. It's like, yeah, but if you're saying the truth all the time and you're just never holding it in or processing it or thinking, like, how is this going to sound? Like, I want to be true to what I'm saying, but I also don't want to be uh, harmful or intentionally dramatic or stirring the pot. Like, there are moments for us to say things. Like, that it, it, and it, and it sounds complicated. Uh, and the fact is, well, I need, there's moments when I should say things and moments when I shouldn't. So what do I do in that? It's like, I would say what needs to be said as, as kindly as possible. If you're ever wondering, should I say something? If it, if it can be said kindly and honestly, say it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with part five in our conversation. We'll see you then.